It's spring and time for baseball. Play ball on this edition of Seco Sports Forum. Sherm Chester joined today by Sam Bruno and our special guest is Roger Brown from the Union Leader and also from the New Hampshire Football Report and also New Hampshire Hardball, both.com. Uh, Roger, welcome aboard. And uh, are you ready, gentlemen, for baseball? I certainly am, Sherm. I'm looking forward to getting outside hopefully in some decent weather. You know, I, I, I prefer covering uh, high school sports outside rather than indoors, particularly in the COVID age. And um, yeah, ready to roll. Well, we had a surprise uh, as we record this. It's the day after April Fool's Day. And April Fool's Day, we had some snow <laughs> or sleet, I guess it was more of a sleet than snow. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it wasn't the 18 or 24 inches we had a few years back on, on, on April fool's day, but it was enough to remind us that, you know, mother nature still is going to play tricks. So is that going to affect the schedules uh, with the teams and tryouts and whatever, Raj? I don't think so. Unless, um, you know, unless some places got it worse than we did here locally, uh, as far as I know, tryouts are on. I think most teams are wrapping up tryouts today. Uh, throughout the state and um, you know I'm sure there's some wet fields but you, you know it's nothing we're not used to this time of year I was proud of the Red Sox Sam that they <laughs> delayed the, uh, the delayed the season opener I think it was a pretty good move I you know I still you know you watch the the NCAA and you watch NBA and NHL and certainly all the NFL stuff but gosh darn it I still plunked myself down in front of the television at one o'clock yesterday and I was watching baseball until after midnight. So I just, I just, unfortunately, uh, Xfinity TV is giving giving us Major League Baseball extra innings free this week. There you go. So, so I was able to watch all over, all over the country yesterday, um, and uh, compare broadcasters. We're lucky to have Dave O'Brien and Remy and Eck when you when you listen to some of the other oh, some yeah. of the other broadcasts from around the country. Yeah. But uh, we can get into our Red Sox preview whenever you're ready. I was just going to say, getting back to the broadcasting, uh, you're right about O'Brien and Remy and, and Eck. Uh, the one exception, I listened to it on the radio, was the Milwaukee Brewers game yesterday. And I love to listen to Bob Euchre on the radio. So I had the game on direct TV watching the MLB game, but I was listening to it on on uh, Sirius XM so I could catch the Uke. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a technique to doing a ball game, a baseball game, and keeping you locked in and entertained. That's... And I think our, our group here in Boston, they've got it down. So let's get to the Red Sox. Let's start with the pros first, and then we'll work our way to the schoolboy stuff. Uh, what, what are your expectations? I know, Roger, you are a Dodger Blue fan, so we'll get to you in a second. But, Sam, your take on the Red Sox this season? Well, I think, Sherm, uh, for the Red Sox this season, um, I think, number one, you start in the managerial position. You have Alex Cora back. Um, I think that's a plus. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to do columns here of pluses and minuses. Okay, in the managerial setup, we have Cora there. I think that's a plus. Having Will Venable as bench coach, I think that's a plus. Then you get into the starting pitching, which is definitely a minus. Uh, you know, you can their their PR department can promote Eddie Rodriguez and Nathan Ovaldi and Garrett Richards all you want. But that's certainly not a frontline pitching staff. So starting pitching is a minus. Next, you get to the bullpen. Can you have a minus minus? That's what I'm wondering about because the Red Sox bullpen is a mess. Um, I don't expect much from the Red Sox bullpen this year. Uh, so I'm curious about that. Then you get into the 
defense. Um, you've lost Mookie Betts. You've lost Jackie Bradley. Okay. You're trying to replace them now with Marwin Gonzalez and Hunter Renfro out in the outfield. Um, your infield defense is, is going to be pretty good with, I uh, hear, I haven't seen Kiki Hernandez play a lot. Uh, and certainly Christian Vasquez is solid behind the plate, but, uh, fielding is going to be a wash. I think the same as last year. Uh, and then you get into the hitting. Uh, I think the hitting is going to be a plus this year. I think it's going to come back. I think Bogarts, Devers, Martinez will have better years. I'm looking for uh, a plus uh, from Verdugo in that lineup. Uh, but again, for me, the minuses still outweigh the pluses for the Red Sox this season. So I still see them at around a 500 team. Uh, I'm picking them at 82 and 82. All right. What about you, Roger? Well, I'll just be short. If they finish in third place, it's a good season for them, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think so? I mean, you know, it's Yankees all- finish ahead of Yankees, you know, one Toronto. Of the, one of the three, Toronto, Tampa Bay, or New York, they can finish ahead of at least one of those. You know, I think a lot of people will be surprised and it would be a good season. I know people are hoping for better, but. I mean, that, that would be my thought going into the season anyways. Everybody always, you know, is always bringing Toronto up and they do have Springer uh, in the outfield now, or they will when he gets off the DL or IL. Um, <laughs> their pitching is good and their hitting is good. Uh, it just seems like every year, though, they just come up a little short. And it's the Yankees. I, I said it earlier and I'll stick with it. I think the Yankees are the ones that, that have to be taken out of uh, – out of contention, that's going to be a that's going to be a task. They're loaded. They're loaded, and then on the National League side, of course, your Dodgers—they just keep reloading. So, Roger, I mean, is that your team in the National League for sure? Oh, more than the National League. Sure. I mean, <laughs> they, you know, you know if, the, if the Yankees make it to the World Series and they win a game, good for them. You know, because I'm, will... think, I'm thinking it'll be a, a sweep, right? Take out the Yankees in four for you. I think the San Diego yeah, Dodgers series are going to be uh, must-watch TV this yeah, season. Yeah, that's that is going to be. You got the two best teams maybe in the same division, so should yeah, be very interesting. You're absolutely right. I have to do my survey of you two fellas. Okay. For uh, before as we start the baseball season, I need your opinion on these things. First of all, no DH. DH. What what is it? DH. Yes or no. No, one way or the other, they got to decide. I think the DH is going to happen because you got a lot of players now that are getting big money that can't play anymore. They just they're bats, but they can't play. Nelson Cruz, few of those. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else right off the top JD of my head. JD Martinez. JD Martinez, correct. Uh, pool holes. Those are the guys that can still hit the ball, like even Big Poppy. You know, Big Poppy, he, he could hit the ball, but his base running was atrocious. Send them to the American League. Those guys. Uh, want those guys in the National League. <laughs> I agree with you, Rob. Roger, the strategy of baseball with the with no DH is better. I mean, it makes the manager a manager, but and you play percentages and all that. But it just it, it's getting to the point now where you can see they're overloading contracts to the point where, uh, for instance, San Diego Fernando Tatis, he's what. How many million? 340 for 10. So there you go. And maybe by the end of the 10th year, he'll be still hanging around, but he ain't going to be what he is now. He's a young guy that can move on the bases. So that's why I say, does he just go to the American League like you suggest, Raj? I just say, let's make it universal. Let's get it over with one way or the other, you know? Okay, next. I, I next. wish, hold on, one more word on that one. Uh, I wish the pitchers could hit decently. Like if they had, huh. if they could hit 285, let's say, I don't think we'd have much discussion about it. 
you know, but that's obviously not going to happen. But yeah. I really think that's the problem. Now, People don't like to see the pitchers hitting is it 190. Well, is it universal in college that they the pitchers all hit, or do they use the DH rule in some leagues in college? Um, there's, I think there's DH still in college. Um, it's just when they turn pro, they specialize because you know your pitchers are generally your best hitters a lot of times right. going through the system. You know, you no. Know, if I'm if I'm the Yankees and I'm paying Garrett Richards over three hundred, uh, I'm Garrett Cole over three hundred million dollars. I don't want him up at the plate with some AAA pitcher pitching inside and hitting him on the wrist. <laughs> Good point. We're going to have again this year extra innings, runner on second base. It worked for Milwaukee yesterday, so I'm in favor of it. That's my team <laughs> in the National League, I have to admit. I'm for playing it out. They don't want 16-inning games, so I can see the reasoning for it. But in a, in a perfect world, I would just play normal rules. Yeah, it's, it's a gimmick. I mean, I have to admit, uh, we've talked that about it with uh, Dave O'Brien and others. It just it's, it's, it's a case of you got to speed the game up for TV and, and the – attention span of the average viewer now, even listener, you know, unless you got something to hook you. And it's a, right now it's a gimmick they're trying. I don't know if it'll go beyond this season. Is, is this the one year they're going to try it, Sam? They're going to, they're going to, since it's quote, this year is still quote a COVID year. Okay. That's why they are still implementing it. Okay. okay. And finally, should there be seven inning double headers? Hmm. Hmm. I'll, I'll go with that. You know, I mean, I, I, the old days of the double, double headers, the real double headers are gone. They do the split bill thing now, you know, day afternoon and nighttime games. Uh, yeah. I, you know, whatever. I, I'd give that a try for sure. Let's try I can, it. I can, live with that. I can yeah. live with that. The one rule that I really don't want to see happen is them limiting the sh where you can shift. I think you should be able to play your guys wherever you want to play. You know, so yeah. Hmm. We're not I, there I, yet, I, but they're talking about it. I'm going to I'm going to kind of bump up against you, Raj, on that because I really think um, the shift with the analytics and what they have on players right now is so good that it's limiting the offense. And if you're taking more offense out of baseball, then you've got a problem. People need to see the ball in play. They need to see hits. And I just think the shift is just too effective right now. Well, I will take another opposite stance and say, when you've got seven guys to the right of second base, you've got to be willing to put the ball on the other side of second base as a hitter. And they just refuse to do so. Right. Hitters won't do this anymore. They all, they're all hit. They're all swinging for the fences. Well, that's their problem, right? That's, you know, it's an, if you want an offense, you'd have even more offense if they would just, bunt or hit it to the other side half the time i could get a single you know get some of these shifts if they would just play it the other way but managers but, can't go up to players these days and just say look i want you to go the other way i don't want you to don't hit into the shift go the other way they're good I, enough hitters they should be able to do this but they don't ab absolutely absolutely they should it's as if, if they want it we're not you know but everybody's you know swinging for the fences that's where the money is you know They're independent uh, contractors is what they are <laughs> i mean can you imagine if they went up to bill belichick and said oh you can only line up this way right you know like are you kidding me that's yeah. part of the game strategy yeah. what i wanted to ask you roger of uh, new hampshire hardball.com um and we're just getting underway with the uh, schoolboy baseball season uh there, some teams haven't even had tryouts you said uh, earlier <coughs> to us uh, uh what you know what are your uh, 
Have you had any conferences with any of the coaches or what are your feelings towards what's going to happen this season? Yeah. I mean, I run team previews on that website. So they're, they're starting to filter in now because like you said, tryouts have, um, are almost over for a lot of teams. Some teams got pushed back a week. I can tell you from a, from a strength standpoint, I think uh, at least in division one, it's going to be a lot like division one boys basketball. Uh, meaning the seacoast is going to be very, very strong. Uh, Winnicunit, Portsmouth, and Exeter in particular. Uh, I would think if you pulled most coaches, um, Winnicunit would be the clear favorite this year to, to win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they're going to be in this little East regional pod and uh, playing each other, you know, numerous times. I think it's at least three times. Um, so we should see some really good teams in this area playing each other a lot. So that's one benefit of the setup this year. What about sure. the standout stars right here in the Seacoast area? Oh, geez. I don't, I don't want to name them because there'd be, there'd be too many, uh, really. But, you know, you've got a couple that come to mind is Ryan Minkler from Portsmouth, who's going to Virginia, pitcher. And um, Joe Allen from Winnicott, who's committed to Michigan. Um, but Exeter's got a deep staff, pitching staff. Um, you know, they may, I mean, they've got six or seven kids, some of whom aren't household names and opponents are going to be very surprised when they see these kids and the arms that Kevin McQueen has, but there's just a lot of talent right here, you know, this season in particular. Will there be any COVID protocols for baseball? Yeah, that's a sore subject with the coaches. (laughs) There was, uh, they've been, it seems like they've been kind of inconsistent with the COVID protocols from season to season at the high school level, there's a long list of recommended protocols on the NHIA website that people can look at, which includes, uh, I mean, this is getting worse than uh, starting the extra innings with a guy on second base. We got, <laughs> we, we got sanitizer being brought to the mound. <laughs> the pitcher has to use if he goes to his face. You know, again, I'm not in favor of mask wearing during an athletic event. And I, they're recommending masks, um, uh, you know, and, and foul balls, you know, we could obviously, we could touch the ball in basketball, but now you can't touch a, a baseball. If it goes out of play and the kid goes and gets it, they want you to sanitize the bases, you know, Okay. Whatever. I'll, I'll save my comments on all that, I guess. Spray, <laughs> spray down the rosin bag with the lights off in between pitchers. Yeah, there's there's a – again, you can go to the NHI website and look at them all. Um, I, I'll just say that I've had some umpires tell me there's just no way they can enforce everything that they have recommended. Just no way. Have you heard, though, if you when you brought up our last show you were with us, are, are they going to loosen it up so that the more people can be spectators at the games? You know, sure, that's a good question. I, I don't know the, the uh, rules on that. I would assume so only because it's outdoors. But, again, they were limited during the fall, right, to a number of spectators. Um, that's a good question. I'll have to follow up on that. I do know the other thing is we're going to have random seating again, which the ADs, pretty much everybody was against it from what I'm told. And the NHIA just is adamant that they want random seating. I don't see any benefit to that whatsoever. Um, I don't see it as a COVID issue at all. Mm-hmm. 
but that's what we have. From what I've read and when I've heard it, it's being driven by the smaller schools, from the Division Three to Division Four schools, to make it equitable. Yeah, and I don't even understand that, to be honest with you. Um, I don't know what that has to do with it. Uh, that they can't get a schedule, they can't get enough games, they have to go between divisions, things like that? Well, they always go between divisions. And if they can't get enough games, I would think that's all the more reason to go to winning percentage. I don't see how a random draw benefits you in any way if you play fewer games. It can only hurt teams. If you do play a full schedule and you're undefeated, why should you be penalized? You know, in football season, we had teams playing in lower divisions. We had teams playing a different number of games and we seeded them. I don't see why it would be any different here, you know. A lot of the smaller divisions play um, regional schedules anyways because of their location. So this is almost more to the norm for them. And as to the number of games, baseball is one of the few sports that allows teams, even in the same division, to play a different number of games. You can play up to 20. Some teams play 19. Most play 18. So none of this makes sense to me whatsoever. Well, maybe someday after the whole pandemic thing has passed, we'll, we'll hear a report or somebody who was a fly in, fly in the wall in the committee meeting to find I out. I know the committee was, uh, you know, some of the local ADs pushed hard for, for um, you know, true seating, for lack of a better term, but um, just didn't go for it. So here we are. NewHampshireHardball.com. What are you doing uh, as far as the college baseball? What's what's happening there? Uh, covering all the New Hampshire teams, which most of them are playing and, and have played a good chunk of games at this point. You know, Keene State is one that just got rolling lately. Um, and we also do uh, updates on local kids who are in college out of state or, or in college period, in state or out mm-hmm. of state. And try to do uh, updates on them uh, three, four times a week. And you know what I'm going to ask you about, and he's going to be popular in the upcoming draft for Major League Baseball, is uh, Cody Morissette, Exeter alum and also BC Eagle star. So how what's what have you heard about Cody lately? Well, he hasn't been playing. He just came back. Um, I assume it was an injury, but I don't know for sure. But he missed, missed some games. And I know he came back last week, and he was just uh, – well – to your question, he was DH in Sherm. So you have the DH at college. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I'm not sure if he's back to playing the field yet or not. Yeah, he'll be a high high pick for everything I'm reading. You know? Now, do they – I know they can watch games, and that's how the, uh, the scouts from the pro teams watch these guys doing their thing live and in person. But do they have, like, a tryout camp like the NFL does? And, and why I bring it up is because Hunter Long, uh, another BC Eagle and former – Exeter High alum, uh, was in one of the combine uh, tryouts at BC for the NFL. So do, do the pros do any of that? I mean, I'm sorry, the colleges, do they do that for the pros? I know the football they do, but what about baseball? I, I don't think so because there are a lot of teams are in season, some sort of summer season like Cape Cod League and whatnot. So mm-hmm. they're they're playing. I think they've seen them by then, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, Sherm. There, there may be some that I'm not aware of, but colleges have always done the uh, the pro days uh, for football plus they were more important this year because there was no combine of course so you know of any teams that are kind of keeping an eye on cody just out of you know happenstance 
Uh, I really don't. I would imagine all most of them have some sort of interest. You know, yeah, he's probably cool. a top 50 pick if I had to guess. So, yeah. you know, he's going to be high on the board of just about everybody. Funny story. I just want to tell it real quick on the same. I'll, I'll, I'll let you have Roger. But I just, uh, years ago, my son, uh, who would pitch for Exeter High, we went to an open tryout the Red Sox had down at Brandeis. And uh, it was, thought, oh, God, it seemed like a thousand people there that day. It was an open tryout, and all ages. I mean, from 16 on to 60, <laughs> everybody was trying to be one of the Red Sox. And then this old guy, an older gentleman, in a Hawaiian shirt and uh, smoking a cheroot, he wanders over to where the pitchers were. And he's talking to my son. And my son was nervous that day, obviously, from, you know, the, this is a lot of people. This old guy was kind of sitting next to him on the bench, and they had to make out a little application. And I, a friend of mine was there with his son at the tryout. And I said, who is that guy? Who is that guy? You know, just kind of wondering. He says, oh, that's that's the scout that uh, signed Roger Clemens. <laughs> I didn't tell my son until after the fact. I said, well, you had a little brush with greatness there, kiddo. (laughs) But hey, you know what? We gave it a try. That's all that mattered. On the football side of things, um, from New Hampshire Football Report, but also uh, status of the UNH Wildcats. It was a unique year in a lot of ways. Uh, You think that Coach Mack is just happy to play ball and just get, get the the kids see the kids play and uh, see what he's got for the fall. Well, I think he probably wants more than that. Sure. I, I think he wanted, you know, I'm, I'm sure in the perfect world, he'd be playing games and he's a competitive guy, real competitive guy. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's be, he's very happy to be doing something. Of course, of course he had the extra year off, you know, people forget that. So he was, it's been an even longer wait for him to get back at it, but I'm sure he would like to, like a lot of us would, looking forward to a return to normal um, in terms of his football program. Two minute drill, gentlemen, Sam, you want to kick it off? Sure. I'll start with the fact that uh, I'm going to go back to baseball because it just, I just need to, I just need to vent about the Red Sox a little bit. Um, As I said, I watched like 12 hours of baseball on opening day and I'm just, I'm, I'm sitting there wondering what needs to happen to speed this game up. And I've got it down to two things. Um, you've got to bring in the pitch clock and it's got to be enforced uh, to speed up these games. And once you're in the box, unless you're hurt, you're in the box and you can't go out of the box. And those two things have to happen for baseball to get some action back into the game. Um, the earlier discussion that we had about the, about the shift um, anything that you can do to get the ball in play more, uh, I think is going to help the game as well. Uh, I think they're doing some things with the pitching where, you, you know, you can't send in a reliever after every batter and go back and forth like that. I mean, I don't know what's worse, that or the final minute of a college basketball game when you start fouling. Uh, but I'm just thinking that baseball needs to take drastic action. I hope that Theo Epstein's report on how to speed up baseball is not just a a whitewash of what really needs to be done. Mm -hmm. I hope he puts some concrete ideas down and I hope baseball will go along with it. If not, you look, you look at the ratings for baseball during the first month in April, they're going to be dismal. They are going to be dismal. And uh, 
baseball's not going to get the money from TV that football's getting from TV. I'll tell you that. Roger, I, before you go into your two minute drill, I just want to ask you, are you into fantasy baseball at all? No. Oh, oh good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> Another dissenter. All right. Two minute drill. <laughs> um, well, to Sam's point real quick, uh, I would just like, I can speed up the game. No problem. Just eliminate, not eliminate, but reduce the number of commercials. You know, I go to these Fisher Cat games. They're not inning games. They're pros. They don't last the length of a major league game. Of course, they don't have the three minutes after every, you know, between innings, yada, yada, yada. Now, that's never going to happen. I get it because it's money. But to me, that's where the problem is. I mean, that just drags it on and on and on. For my two-minute drill, Sherm, if I could, uh, some of you probably read um, Jacob Narr, who was a football and lacrosse player at Londonderry High and was selected to play in the uh, Chad East-West All-Star game, um, died in a car crash uh, two weeks ago. There's a scholarship fund set up for him if anybody's interested. It's uh, nothing goes to the family. It's just they're, the school's awarding a football scholarship and a lacrosse and a, I think just a educational scholarship. They're trying to separate it into three different categories. So if anybody's interested in contributing, um, you know, it was a, obviously a tragic situation. Uh, NewHampshireHardball.com, um, again, featuring content, exclusive content that people can find out how they can get that by going on your site, NewHampshireHardball.com. And same thing with the NewHampshireFootballReport.com. Uh, Roger has his column that he does or reporting he does for the union leader and uh, also those two websites. So if you want to keep posted on what's happening here in the Granite State, NewHampshireHardball.com for baseball, NewHampshireFootballReport.com for football. And my two-minute drill, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to Again, people tuning into our podcast, the best part, Sam, we're international now. Our last episode, through the roof, through the roof, we're international. We're, we're, we're big in Albania. No, no, Albania, not yet, not yet. But we're, we, we actually had a lot of listeners international on this last episode that we did. Uh, we were talking about March Madness. And uh, it's, it's funny, uh, you know, once you get rolling, things happen. So thank you to all who have uh, hooked on to us. Uh, make sure if you are listening on the podcast, uh, give us a five-star rating. That's I hear my buddy Mike Murphy on his podcast say that all the time. Uh, and, uh, you know, leave comments on on our webpage uh, so that we can get back in. To also, you know, have any ideas for the show. And that's always, always open. I guess that does it. I just wanted to thank Roger Brown and uh, Sam. Get ready for some more baseball. And on behalf of the gentleman, this is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Be sure to subscribe and hit the bell to get notified about new episodes of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Follow the Sports Forum team behind the scenes on our Facebook and Twitter pages. This is Sherm Chester inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum. Forum.